on, everybody. Welcome back. Howdy, howdy, howdy. What's up, world? Here What's we go, up, world? What's up, beefy? What's up, Danny? Not much. Sitting here at the table. I'm just sitting here looking like yes. Looking like yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Looking like this right here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. What did you get into today, beef? Sleep. Did you? Yeah. I uh, only had to work a half a shift last night, so I worked till three, about three o'clock. Yeah. And uh, we have to take a shower at work, so I went in there and washed the love off of me. That's what I tell them. Yeah. So I'm going to head up here and wash this love off of me. <laughs> so I had to wash the love off of me and uh, came home. I actually took two Unisom in the car, came home, and uh, when I got home, Tamara was feeding the baby. and So I piled up on the couch and slept to about 7. Yeah. And then I woke up and... Mm, probably fell back asleep around ten thirty, and then cat napped all oh, day. Yeah. yeah, we mentioned this before we started recording. I I can't hardly nap. I know you said you usually don't either. No, this is the first time forever. Yeah, <clears throat> if I do nap, it's usually sitting straight up on the couch or something. No, I can't do it. Can't you, can't no, you? I have to be laying down to sleep. <laughs> really? Yeah, when I was dispatching third shift, I'd be so tired. Yeah, and like I'd look at the floor and I'd just fantasize about just laying in the floor really yeah cause I, I sleep better sitting up than i can laying down i can't I, everybody's got a lazy boy i love lazy boys mm-hmm. but to fall asleep in one ain't no way what about that yeah i have to be sleeping in the fetal position yeah. with my thumb in my mouth i don't know what's going on with me but anymore when i go to bed i wake up and both my arms is numb that, i don't know what it is i know what that is what you're getting old uh, well yeah that obviously <laughs> but no matter how i lay I wake up and both my arms is numb to the point where it's painful. Wow. And uh, I woke up one morning and I guess I was half asleep, half awake and didn't realize that my arm was asleep and rolled over and it wasn't working. <laughs> it just freaked me out for a second. And I kind of <laughs> had to sling my arm around <laughs> to get out of the bed. I had, everybody's had horrific dreams. You know, I had this oh, yeah. um, I won't go into great detail about this dream I had, but I had a dream that I was at Save-A-Lot. And I walked in, and there was this local woman there. And in my dream, she had a fishnet shirt on with no bra. Uh, And this lady is well, you know, in doubt. She's, she's, uh, you know, pretty big in the chest area. Gifted. Yeah. And I I walked up to her, and I said, uh, let's think of a name. Ginger. No, there's gingers in the county. Uh, Rosita. Rosita. I was like, Rosita? I was like, don't you know? People can see that. And she's like, yeah. Do you like it? And in my dream, I went, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I woke up. I woke up. I don't like it. I don't like it. I woke up and it like... It, the dream was so vivid, man. I rolled out of the bed and my legs quit. Oh, they wasn't Lord. working because I was still asleep. Yeah. And man, I hit the floor. Boom. Two big skid marks on my knees. Took forever. Carpet burned to heal. It was great. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty rough dream. Man. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I just figured I'd throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to dream. Well, I still do, but I used to dream more often than I do now, but Seems like it was always nightmares. If I eat bologna, check this out. If I eat bologna or potted meat or veinies, 
before I go to bed. I have the wildest dreams. <laughs> yeah, I'm in serious, man. Food, yeah, if it's those food, I can yeah. eat anything else, you know, and it don't bother me. <laughs> but bologna, potted meat, and veinies, either one of the three, or yeah. a combination of all of them, because I am fat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what'd you eat? I eat a, a veiny potted meat sandwich with yeah. a piece of bologna as bread. Veiny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. potted meat in between two slices of bologna. Yeah. Smushed. <laughs> <laughs> but I have the wildest dreams, man. They're vivid and, and just crazy. I had a recurring, I guess, nightmare for <clears throat> probably 10 years, and it was the stupidest thing I ever could imagine. We was uh, in our old house over on Potter Road, and uh, I would be in the bathroom sitting on the toilet, and straight in front of you in that bathroom is the the cabinets and stuff like that, you know, and uh, a mirror. And uh, I would, in my dream, I would see a little dot in the mirror rotating. And then it would get bigger and bigger and bigger until it was too big for the mirror. And then it would fall out of the mirror, bounce on the sink and into the floor. <laughs> and I'm just sitting on the toilet like, what in the world is going on here, you know? <laughs> And it would get as big as the ceiling in the bathroom, and then it would start rolling toward me and flush me down the toilet. <laughs> and then I'd wake up. I don't know why. I'm I, a dream interpreter. I had the same dream for years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what that is, Danny, that things in life sometimes seem small. Then they get big, and then they all just go down the drain. That's the meaning of the dream, I guess. <laughs> pretty good. I don't know why. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy. <laughs> Here's my, I stand on a hill, not for a thrill, but for the breath of a fresh kill. I'm <laughs> pretty good, ain't it, Dole? <laughs> oh, God, that's oh, one of my favorite man. movies. That's a good movie. Yeah, Sling Blade. Yep. Dole Hardgrave. Yeah. <laughs> we got no band, Randy. <laughs> Randy, yeah, the dots are where they say are they are. Yeah, the dots are where they say. Well, I say they are. Yeah, just for expression. <laughs> uh, we've got a more, I guess, serious type of episode for y'all today. Uh, Beefy, you're a dad. Yeah, I'm a dad. Barely, I'm I'm barely a dad. Yeah, but you're a dad. Yeah, you got four kids. Four of them. I've got two. And uh, it's a big deal to be a dad. Yeah, it is. Dads go through a lot of a lot of things that maybe other people don't realize and everything. And we thought we'd talk about that today. Well, it, it, this is also a way for the moms <clears throat> to kind of know what it's like to be, you yeah. know, in a dad's world. Because mm -hmm. it is a lot to me. It is a lot different than being a mother. Oh, I did. Yeah. I didn't have a dad growing up. You know. Yeah. I had a couple male figures. I can't really say they were role models, but I uh, had some male figures in my life. And yeah. eh, nothing nothing of the status quo or the yeah. the portrait of a dad that I can yeah. think of now. So I didn't learn nothing about being a man, really, and being a dad until I was probably 31 years old, man. Mm. And I didn't get married until I was 36. Yeah. Um, 
So that was a huge transition for me. I kind of, because, you know, growing up as a young man, I always had this mental picture or a thought in my brain there of what a dad is or, you know, what a dad's supposed to do, what he represents, what he stands for, this, that, and the other. And it was totally different than what it really is. I mean, being a dad is a... It's a job. It's everything. Oh, yeah. Thing. It's a job. It's the most worrisome job I've ever had. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> did you, like, who did, did you have anybody to look up to, like, as a dad, a father figure or anything like that? Growing up? Yeah. Um, trying to think. I mean, I had, <clears throat> I had, like, uh, you know, some uncles on my dad. My mom was the only child. Yeah. Um, she, well, she actually had a half brother and a half sister, but I never got the opportunity to meet them. But uh, my dad, um, you know, he came from a pretty large family, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I got to hang around with my uncles um, a little bit here and there. But I guess being a kid, I didn't really understand or or know like what to even say hey, I'm 42 years old man and to even say the word dad is so weird for me yeah um and like just to just to even know that it's coming out of my mouth it's mm-hmm. you know I met this guy when I was 12 his name's Willard Price he uh he passed away a few years ago but uh he's probably the closest thing to a dad that I ever had and he yeah. was dating my mom's best friend <clears throat> And I had never worked on cars or never done nothing like that growing up. And yeah. that's, that was his thing. So I got the opportunity to work on cars. He took me camping and fishing and all the man stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, But as far as being a dad, I, I probably didn't learn <clears throat> things that I'd um, apply to my life now until I was probably about 30 or 31 years old. Yeah. I met this guy named Jim Miles out of Barberville, mm-hmm. and uh, he just blew me away, man. I I I watched him like a hawk. Um, I'll just I'll tell you the story real fast. I'll try to you know how I am, but uh, I was going to college down there and uh, in Barberville or Barville or you know whichever way you want to say it. Yeah. And uh, I was driving around one day and I decided I was going to grab something to eat and I. Pulled in Burger Ding or Burger King. I call, yeah. it, I call it Burger Ding. <laughs> you know, grab me a Whopper, and I'm just kind of just sitting there, and I look, and there's like this little shopping area to the right of where I'm parked, and I see Parkway Gun and Pond. Yeah. I, I like to, I like to walk in upon shops and yeah. you know just see what's what they got. Know what you'll find. Yeah. Anymore. And so I just I finished eating my burger and I walked in there and it was the nicest <clears throat> pawn shop that I had ever seen. Yeah. Like high dollar like quality mm-hmm. stuff um you know most of them's got guitars and stuff like that every guitar that was in there was a gibson a fender or a martin yeah. you know high end and i was blown away and uh i noticed no fishing poles or nothing like that and there was the guy sitting there and i just made a beeline to the guitars you know that's my thing so i'm looking at them and uh i said uh i said sir do you mind if i uh grab one of these and he said go ahead and i saw like a 1976 martin d28 yeah pristine so i picked it up and strummed a big g chord and my teeth started sweating <laughs> you know i was like Man, yeah. i wish i had 2800 <laughs> yeah so uh and he said do me a favor young man go over and lock that door and i didn't know this guy from adam mm-hmm. and i was like 
Okay. He, I said, are you about to close? He said, yeah. He said, it's beer 30. Yeah. And uh, so I I go over there and lock the door, you know, kind of skittish because I didn't know nobody there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, he said, you play music? And I said, yeah. And we just got to talking. You know, it was just me and him in there. And, yeah. And uh, we just probably stood there for 30, 45 minutes and talked. And he said, I'm going to a friend of mine's later on this evening. He said, if you want to meet me, if you want to meet me here, he said, they play music. Love for you to go. Yeah. And I was like, okay. You know, and me not even knowing this guy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I meet him there a few hours later and go to his friend's house. And they've got like a full band. And it, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. And uh, he said, we're doing it tomorrow, you know. And hmm. I was like, okay. So I went back and every weekend. And every time I had a free moment, I was up at his pawn shop. Yeah. And like I said, I just watched him like a hawk, man. I watched how he dealt with people. Um, very, just a, he, he was a gentleman, but he was like a stern gentleman. Yeah. And then... Uh, Man's you know, man. Yeah. And then I, um, he's former military, big, okay. big Second Amendment guy. Yeah. You would love him. Yeah. He's a super good guy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, just our friendship developed and I started literally just like looking at him as a dad. Yeah. And, uh, so he gave me a job. I started renting off of him. I, you know, just everything. And, uh, I, I emulate. I remember one time we had a conversation and he, he's the father of one child, a girl. She's a lawyer now. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, doing exceptionally well. If you, if you listen, sir, I love you little sis. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) She's doing exceptionally well, got married, and I'm proud of her. But uh, he told me a story one time. He said, uh, he said, uh, always keep your word with your kids. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, uh, he said, when Sarah was a little girl, probably three, four years old, he said, uh, I, I told her not to, not to do something. And like that was the house rule for her not to be on the furniture or something like that. I yeah. forget exactly what it was. Yeah. And she did it, and uh, he said, "He, he said, I, uh, you know, I've got to keep my word." So mm-hmm. he, he said, "I punished her." Yeah. And then uh, <coughs> she got mad, I guess, and done it again. Oh. So he added to the punishment, and he had told her the second time, you know, you're going to get a whooping if yeah. you do it again. And uh, um, she had said something to her mom, and then went and done exactly what you know. I forget the whole story, but. And he basically said, it killed me, but I had to spank her. Yeah. And he said, it broke my heart. But he said, I realized that if if I don't keep my word with her, then, you know, he just looked at me and he's like, he said, if I steal off you, what do you call me? I said, a thief. He said, yeah. right. Yeah. And he said, even if I steal off of you one time, yeah, you're I'm considered a thief. Uh-huh. And he said, in a child's mind, if, if you tell him you're going to do something, like if if there's going to be punishment for this, or if you're going to tell, don't ever tell tell a child that you're going to, we're going to go to the park today, and then don't you don't take them to the park, take them to the park, keep yeah, your word. That's important, you know. So I try to do that every day with my children. You know, I, it's usually you know I'm going to uh, drop kick you in behind the nose yeah. if you yeah. don't stop doing this, yeah. and then you know I can't jump very high anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. I usually get up to about the belly button when I do it. <laughs> yeah. But no, he he uh, he made a lot of sense, man. And uh, I uh, I failed uh, I failed to keep in contact with him uh, the way I should. But uh, I love the man, and he he taught me so much in a five year span that yeah. it totally changed my life. He 
he taught me about the uh, about a dollar, and then, oh yeah, yeah, how to uh, how to manage my money and how and he didn't really set me down and say this is what you do. I just watched him. Yeah, you know, he told me one time though uh, we'd went somewhere and and uh, he stopped at a store and I went in there and got me a twenty ounce diet Mountain Dew, and then like two hours later. I went to another store, bought one. <laughs> yeah. He said, why do you do that? <clears throat> he said, you realize you done spent $3, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, no big deal. And he yeah. said, he said, get you a cooler and put it in the back of your truck and go to the store, get a bag of ice and a 12 pack. You got pop all day long for six bucks. Well, you know, yeah. or a 24 pack back That's then. That's smart. And uh, he said, you don't have to worry about it. You know, he said, you buy three pops, you done paid for a, tw- a 24 pack. Yeah, you have. And just little stuff man yeah but he taught me a lot and i I use it every day with my kids that's good you know uh, that's one real important thing is keep your word with your kids because they'll if you tell them you're going to do something and you don't do it they'll say well he didn't do it last time you know i can probably get away with it again yeah you know but but it's not just punishment either but they see right through oh yeah they absolutely do my boys can tell in a second in a split second if i'm serious about something they just know that look in my eye yeah. you know but uh now you 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 grown up without a dad and i grew up with with a dad i think is the best dad not in just the world. a dad but big dan is he's awesome hey, my dad i've known him my whole life i know everybody thinks that their dad is the best dad and that's that's cool they probably are in my eyes my dad is the best dad in the world I learned. Uh-uh, my dad's better. <laughs> There's 12 I, people I, said that right then. I learned my dad's better than your dad. so much from my dad growing up, and I'm still learning oh, from yeah. my dad. Uh, me and Patsy's been married for a long time, and uh, I try my best to be like my dad every day. I fail every day because my dad is... is he's the, the definition. Yeah, he's the best. You know, he's the... He's the, <laughs> the, uh, the just the best that there is, you well, know, and stuff. So the, the cool thing about that, though, is is I'm sure that if you got him off to himself and say, "Dad, how you do it? How do you do this? Mm-hmm. You know, how how do you keep your composure? How do you do this?" And he'd say, "Son, it ain't always been like that." Yeah, he has it, told it, me that before. It, it's a growing thing. Yeah. You know, you you yeah. everybody grows every day. Yeah. I remember when I was real young. You know, my mom and dad would have arguments and they'd fight and and stuff like that when they was. A lot younger, and now my mom will get mad at my dad and jump on him for something. Other, he'll just laugh. Yeah, and I'm just like, in awe. Yeah, how do, how you, do, do, you, do that? you do that? Because yeah. I, like, I say, man, Pace has been married for a long time, and I'm 42 years old. <laughs> oh God, and I can't do that. <laughs> I can't keep either. my mouth shut. I got to win, and I do too. I'm the world's worst for having to win the argument, yeah. and she'll agree with that completely, 100. percent But I got to. I got to get the last <laughs> word in or I've lost, you know, yeah. and I just like, I have tried really hard in the last three or four months to just shut up. Yeah. I've tried. I've <laughs> been because trying. you're not going to win with a woman. Right. You, you never do. Even though that God in heaven sitting on his throne knows I'm right. I'm dead wrong yeah. to her. And there's <laughs> no convincing that, her. There's a song called It's Hard to Kiss the Lips at Night that chews your A-double-S <laughs> out all yeah, day long. Yeah, yeah. And it says, if a tree fell in the forest and she didn't hear it, would I still be wrong? <laughs> yes, you would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah. You would, definitely would. So I try to take and emulate my dad how he brought us up every day. 
because he, like I said, he's he's the measuring stick yeah. to me. Yeah. And if I do half as good a job as my dad did, I've got it licked. I've got it licked. So, yeah. but you know, hey, I, when I was in my later teens, into my early twenties, I was pretty mean. Right. I did a lot of drinking. Went to jail for it, and uh, he would just pray for me. You know, now he chewed me out. He he uh, uh, grabbed my door handle one time after I come in in bad shape, and I thought I was slick. You know, I thought I'd get away with it and just go to my room. It was like a tornado sucked the door off the wall because I locked the door and told him, "Hey, get away! Just, just I'm going to bed." I didn't go to bed. You know, he tore the door off the wall. Right. But uh, <clears throat> he, I remember my mom and dad both when I was acting stupid like that. Yeah, you know, they they go down every back road in the county looking at the ditch lines for me, worrying me to death. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, I'm fine. I drive better when I'm drunk than I do when I'm sober." Yeah, because you know? we know it all. Yeah, because we know it all at that age. And now, you know, and and I, I'm sure everybody listening has ha- will agree with this. Their mom and dad would say, "You'll see when you have kids." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "No, I won't. I'll, I'll, I won't worry about it. I worry every single day. Yep. My boy's just nine years old, so I can't even imagine the worry that's going to oh, be involved when they start driving." My 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 poor children, uh, the oldest, and he's he's kind of clumsy, you know, yeah. and, and I dread it because he tears everything up. That's just first, <laughs> like I said, the last episode or the one the. One before that, you know, kids can take a plastic fork and tear up an iron skillet. Yeah, yeah. That's my oldest child. And uh, what uh, he don't realize is I was worse than him, and I tell him all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, son, you can't hold a candle to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. the stuff. And then I'll tell him this. There's nothing that you're doing or that you'll ever do that dad has not already done. That's right. That's right. And they kind of look at me like I'm stupid. But I can walk into a room and see something. Uh, I'm trying to use an example. Uh, the basement. Like mm-hmm. I hung I hung a new, um, I put up new insulation in the basement, that R30, that real thick, yeah. expensive yeah. insulation. And I go down there, I had a bag of it left. <laughs> A full bag. Those things ain't cheap. No, it ain't. And uh, so I go down there, and the bags tore all two pieces. <laughs> Insulation everywhere. Yeah. So I knew exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I just kind of scanned over the room. I saw an arrow that was all beat up. And I was like, yeah, they took the arrow and was hitting the side of it. And yeah. It, this, that, and the other. And you I'm, can figure out yeah, exactly what happened. Because I knew, I know how I was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I go back. At first, I, they wasn't home, and I go back upstairs, and I text Tamara, and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm killing, I'm killing them. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to put me in prison. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I preach, don't touch nothing that isn't yours. Yeah. You know, if it's not yours, then don't touch it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, especially here at the house. Yeah. Uh, I, I pack a gun with me everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I got in the vehicle one day, and uh, I pulled the console was open, mm-hmm. and Landon was in there. He he wanted to stay in the car while we went into Walmart because he was okay. playing a video game. Yeah. Know? So I come out there, and at first, I'm the first one in the car, and I look, and uh, I look down there, and the gun's not where it's always at. Uh-oh. And I said, uh, have you been messing with this gun? Yeah, I got scared. Man. And son, I went, off. yeah, I went off. Yeah. 
I mean, I really did. I don't blame you. I was like, you don't touch stuff that is not yours. Yeah. I said, if, you know, you're in Walmart, if you're scared walking the freaking store, yeah. you know, we're just right there. Mm-hmm. You don't go grabbing stuff and being, you know, idiot. Especially a firearm. Yeah. Or a knife. Anything like that. Yeah. You know, a pair of fingernail clippers. Like I said, he could take an iron, or iron, <coughs> he could take a plastic fork and tear up an iron skillet. Yeah. And because he's just, he's clumsy. I was clumsy. <laughs> 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 One time, uh, I, uh, I, speaking of being clumsy, I, just, I wasn't. This is not a clumsy story, but I had one of those little bouncy balls. You know, you bounce them and they bounce for like seven years before oh, they yeah. stop bouncing. I, yeah. I was running in the living room and I just <clears throat> wham! It's bing, bing, bing all over the living room. We had company up. It was my cousin. Yeah. Mom told me to quit 50 times. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You tell them, you know, if you don't stop, I'm going to whoop you. Oh, yeah. And she said that and <clears throat> I just kept on doing it. Well, the ball. It bounced and rolled up under the couch. She's like, ha, ha, ha. And I got down on, on my hands and knees and was looking under the couch. And it was an old black pleather you <laughs> yeah, know, couch. Yeah. And Mom's cigarettes was sitting on the uh, the uh, kitchen, uh, the coffee table. Yeah. And I grabbed the cigarette lighter and went to flick it under the under the couch. Well, there was a lot of lint oh, and stuff my gosh. hanging down. And I flicked that cigarette lighter, but it was just like lighting gas. I'd say so. She beat me within an inch of my days. Yeah. So, yeah. Deserved it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that, you know, being clumsy and just being just stupid, you mm-hmm. know, it's – I tell them every day, you know, don't touch stuff that is not yours. Yeah. I'm big on that, too. I teach my boys to keep their hands off of things, you know, and – don't tear nothing up. And my boys are, are really good about that. They've never broke anything. They've never uh, tore anything up or anything like that, you know, other than just normal kid stuff. Right. You know? But it's, like I say, being a dad, it's a constant worry. And everybody knows the story about my boys and what they went through. They were, I mean, I know anybody can't see this, but they would fit in a pop can or in a pop bottle a 20 ounce pop bottle they was that little patsy calls them her little squirrels and miracle boys yeah and uh they were so little that you know this gonna make me sound real stupid but uh they were so little that i i kind of didn't realize what was ahead of me and patsy of course too when they was born i thought we was gonna get to take them home you know, I didn't ever think of the long road ahead of us. And because, you know, she had to have us a, a C-section and they was born, you know, not breathing or anything. They had to resuscitate both of them and they took them completely out of the room. You know, obviously you couldn't hold them like a mother does when her child is first born and everything. So uh, it was real hectic and they just rushed them out of the room after they got them breathing yeah. and everything. And then mom and dad and everybody showed up, and they was like, Mr. Potter, when we get them settled in here and stable, we'll let you come in and see them. And I'm like, okay. You know, like, of course, I was freaked out and everything because I knew that something bad had happened. Right. But I was like, okay, they got them stable. I'm going to go in there and see them, and then I'll check on Patsy, and we'll go home in a couple of days. <clears throat> it never even really hit me when I went in to see them in the incubators. This woman – uh. I went into this sterile room, and they was in their incubators. And this woman, she's like, okay, these it's baby A, baby B, Brody and Branson Potter, right? And she, I was like, yeah. 
And uh, she said, okay, she said, put this, put these gloves on and sticky hands through these holes. And she said, when you touch your babies, she said, do not rub their skin. Don't stroke them. She said, because you'll tear their skin. Now think about that. Wow. You'll tear their skin. That, that's how fragile they was. She said, just tap them very lightly. She said, because you'll bruise them if you touch them more than just a, barely enough to even for me to be able to feel it. Wow. She said, because you'll bruise them. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And uh, I did that. Went back up to see Patsy, and Patsy was already up walking around. It was amazing. What? It's amazing <laughs> we what the female yeah, I'm telling you, can son. do. Lord the mercy. pain that they can endure. Because let me speak on this for a second. Patsy went into labor, and we went to Richmond Women's Health. Yeah. And they said, oh, it's round ligament pain. The, the tendons and ligaments in your belt line is stretching, causing this pain. And uh, she's like, go home, and if it don't go away, come back and see us tomorrow. By the time we got back home here in Jackson County, she was writhing in pain. So we made it through the night, took her back the next day. They examined her, and she said, you're, they said, you're in labor. So they took her by ambulance to uh, Central Baptist, examined her there, found out how early she was, and they said, well, we're not equipped to handle kids this early. We can deliver them, but we don't have the equipment to keep them alive. Wow. Uh, so she said, you'll deliver. They, the doctor said, you'll deliver them here, but we will have to life light them to UK. So Patsy, you know, I was in there when they was doing the C-section and all that. And uh, I went through the whole touching them in the incubators and stuff like that. And then they life lighted them to UK. I think they did Patsy too, or might've took her by ambulance. But anyway, uh, never realized what was in store for, you know, for the longest time. <clears throat> and, uh, but back to, back, I'm getting ahead of myself. When Patsy went into labor at, uh, Central Baptist, Lord God, there's my phone going off. Uh, she, they told her that we're going to feed you steroids, magnesium, and a bunch of other medications to try, <laughs> to try and hold off the pregnant, the, the birth, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what Patsy anybody would say. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. And uh, it's like, because if you give birth now, there's no chance. No chance of survival. Wow. So they started, they said, we got to give them steroids because they don't have any lungs. None whatsoever so they pumped her full of the maximum dose of steroids i think they said the magnesium was to help like uh, hold off the labor Labor, pains and stuff like that so patsy laid there in agonizing pain for four days she had an hour a day where she could take a nap when they would first give her the 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 pain meds so, well, uh, th- just to put this in pr- into perspective, the bed rails on the side of those beds were bent when we left that room. And she laid there for four days like that. And uh, keep in mind, these boys is three months early, and a woman should not be able to produce breast milk at that time. Right. That's what they told us. And uh, after the boys was born and they was getting set up in the in the NICU and everything like that, they told Patsy, she's like, you need to try to pump breast milk. Just try. 
and Patsy, buddy, it was amazing. She was pumping breast milk like like a full term baby a mother should be. Yeah, just you know, a massive amounts of it, you know. And uh, they said we need that breast milk because that breast milk is the best medicine that these babies can ever get. Yeah, to help them survive. And uh, so a lot of my worry, stuff like that, comes from that, knowing what they've been through. And I will tell you this, my boys is pretty spoiled. You, they're pretty spoiled. Well, they should be. And I know at the same time I shouldn't spoil them like I do, but at the same time, I, every time they say, Daddy, can I have this? And I say no, instantly think back to that hospital. Yeah. And think, well, what could have been? Yeah. You know? So I, I can't even. I, I, it's undescribable the amount of worry that that I go through, and and still to this day, my boys is nine years old, one hundred and ten percent healthy, one hundred twenty fifty percent healthy, not a single problem. A lot of babies born that early have kidney problems or eye, vision problems or something like that. Nothing, That's and it's awesome. all because of God yeah. and them doctors that God gave the ability to. Oh yeah, and uh. <clears throat> There's a very there's a them nurses up there at that UK in that NICU are amazing, but there's one that I gotta I gotta point out specifically, and I don't know if she'll listen to this, but her name's Jetta Weddington. She was the boys' primary nurse, both of them. That, that's an amazing woman right there. She helped save my boys' life, and uh, even talking about it, I kind of get choked up. But <clears throat> she uh. I couldn't do that job. A lot of people look at me and say, God, how do you work in a prison? I could never do that. <laughs> no, that's easy compared yeah. to what these nurses see every day because while we was in that NICU, there was like four babies that died. And we'd be walking out to go get something to eat because we lived in that hospital that whole time. Uh, we slept at the Ronald McDonald house. Yeah. And as soon as the doors opened for visitation, we was in there from from the from the wee hours of the morning to the wee hours at night. And she was right there that whole time. And she's just an amazing person, and I want her to know that. Well, yeah. So a lot, of the, a lot of the worry that I have comes from that, and I worry that I spoil them too much because of that and think that I'm going to cause them a lot of problems later on because I do spoil them so much, but I can't hardly – not, not spoil them, not yeah, spoil yeah, them yeah. you know, because I was spoiled. You know, my mom and dad spoiled me to death, and it took me a, a longer than probably usual to grow up, you know, drinking and acting stupid and stuff like that. Finally, going to jail was the best thing ever happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> it woke me up. Yeah. It really did. It's so, it's so funny you say that, that most <laughs> of us would, you know, we go to jail, we want to stay completely away from it, then end, yeah. up, end up working there. Yeah, that's weird. I, <laughs> yeah. I tell people all the time, work, I, I could have been in here with these yeah. fools. I, instead of, I would tell know. the inmates at uh, our local jail all the time, you know, there's a difference between me and you, and you just got caught, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. You got caught. I should, uh, you know, I should be serving for the things that I've done. But, uh, yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of amazing and sad what a dad goes through when they worry, dealing with their kids, because there's just things that you'll never tell your wife that you deal with. And there's right. things that I deal with that I'll never tell my wife. Right. So, uh, 
just because that's the thing that men do. They keep a lot bottled up inside. And mm-hmm. I'm not really the type to hide my emotions or anything, but there are certain things that I don't tell nobody. Right. I mean, I'm definitely not the type to hide my emotions, but there's well, still a lot that I don't there say. There is a lot. There's things that uh, that nobody in this world knows about. I think uh, me personally, I just I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to bring That's it me. out. Because yeah. I'm... Uh, I'm an emotional, uh, I don't know, wear my heart on my sleeve, uh, Yeah, like an expressionist, I guess you could say, yeah. and I don't know how to express all the, all the hidden stuff and the secret stuff that's in me. Yeah. Now, I'll cry at the drop of a hat. I about bawled right there telling that story about my boys, but anybody will cry when they talk about their kids, you know, I would hope, but when it comes to like personal things that I'm dealing with that I don't know how to deal with, other than just a bottle them up and swallow it you know i don't know any other way to do it you know than to just keep it to myself i'm reading here it says across america there are approximately 18.3 million children who live without a father in the home yeah whether that's you know their father passed away or whatever Mm -hmm. 18.3 million said one in four u.s children are fatherless Really? I would, and I, I'm not seeing a, uh, a date on which this was put, but I'm going to say it's probably even higher than that, probably two out of four. Oh, it probably is. You know, nowadays. I, I, I never had, like I said, saying the word dad is just even now so weird for me to say dad. Because yeah. it, it, it's like saying the word the for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. You know, but. Well, you've uh, never known it. No, I've never, so. I've never known it, but uh, thank God that he, uh, gave me the opportunity to be a dad i hope i can be a good dad to my kids like i you know a lot of people know i've got the two bonus kids the two boys and mm-hmm. and I just, you know just blatantly <laughs> speaking their their dad really doesn't have anything to do with them oh yeah and i can't imagine you know god forbid that something happened and you know tamra leaves me for dougie ward or something like that you know i mean <laughs> you know i don't know you can't yeah. ever tell nowadays but uh <laughs> you know <laughs> I got got me a girlfriend, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, you know, I, like I could not make it without seeing them. Oh no, they no way. And like it kills me. It, I mean, it, it it breaks my heart because some days, like my, uh, we talked about going to bed and taking you know uh, Unisom and Zquil and stuff like that here the other, you know a while back when we done our podcast, but. Yeah. Like, there's some days that I get so exhausted that all I do is sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I have to wake up and go straight to work, and I have no time to spend with them. Yeah, that's bad. And, I, and I like, I'm like literally, that. I wake up, I make my lunch, put it in my <clears> lunch bu- bucket, and take my medicine, make sure I got my insulin, and boom, hit the door and I'm gone. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes they're asleep when I get up. Mm-hmm. And, man, that breaks my heart because, oh, like... Like it's it's weird. It reminds me of this old song from the early nineties back in the higher band ballads day. Yeah. Uh Bad English was the yeah. group When I See You Smile. He oh, wrote yeah. that he wrote that about his, his little kid. Really? Yeah, a lot I of people think it's a love song, but yeah. it's he's writing about his little child. If you ever listen to that song now I know the song, but I'm gonna have to listen to listen it. Listen to it in the in the perspective of being a dad. Yeah. You know. Or being a mom or See, you know. I know the song and I always thought it was when about a I woman. See Smile, sing it, Daddy. I can face the world. Oh, yeah. 
I always thought it was about a woman too. Yeah, but but I mean, you think of the lyrics of that song. It says, "When I see you smile, I can face the world. You yeah. know, I can do anything." He's talking about looking at his child. Yeah, you know? and uh, that's something. I didn't and know and that. I and I, it, I like I, I it's it's like this fantasized <clears throat> thing. Like I can see them in my mind smiling yeah. at me, especially Kelsey, the three month old, because she's just now learning. You know, yeah. the smile and all yeah. that stuff. It just blows me away, man. Being a dad is. It is worrisome. It is hard, but it is the greatest accomplishment this side of giving my life to Christ that I have ever, that I could ever even think of. There ain't nothing. Th- there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, and uh, speaking of that, like I, I try my best to pray in front of my children to mm-hmm. talk to them about Jesus and and tell them, you know, what He can do. Because I don't remember ever hearing anything like that. My mom was a bootlegger from the time I could remember till the time that, uh, you know, probably 13 years old. And then she started selling pot and pills and done that right up until the day she died. I never had a dad. Like I said, I had a couple, you know, male figures in my life, but they wasn't. I wonder Mm -hmm. what the statistic is for, for, you know, fatherless children living in a drug home what what their uh, their chance is of not being in jail their chance of you know not making it in life you know holding down a job actually having a family mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say, say it's pretty I'd say it's bad I'd say it's pretty low <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's bad that's that's why you know beefy your your story and stuff like it is is rare it's rare because now, I know your mom loved you today. Oh, yeah. I know she did. Yeah, she done whatever she could. To, that's why she did that. I know it. I, know I mean, it. she 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 had no other choice. Yeah. She had no other choice. I went to, they had this thing in, in where we live called Operation Unite. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, one of the former sheriffs here in the county came to me, and he's like, uh, he's like, uh, we want you to be involved in this. Because back, Manuel Judd had had a youth ministry for years. And, uh, uh, you know, we had this. We we had uh, had this youth ministry for a few years, and uh, and uh, we were all about the youth of this county. This is way before we got married and all that stuff. You know, we got married probably fifteen years ago. I don't know when. Actually, I think it's like more like eighteen. I think they got married in 05 or 06. But anyway, could be wrong. Yeah, could have been oh eight. Could have been oh nine. One of them times. <laughs> yeah, one of them. <laughs> yeah, they got married. They they did get married. I seen it, but. Uh, uh, just going to that Operation Unite meeting, knowing where I came from, and the very first meeting they had was at the area vocational school. Mm-hmm. So I go up there, and there's hundreds of people, feels like. I don't know. They may have been 30. Yeah. But all I could hear was people murmuring, and this and that, and selling dope, and we need to do something about this one. you know. And they were not name-dropping and everything. And I'd had about enough that I could take. Yeah. you know. And I just stood up, and I said, uh, I said, excuse me. Yeah, you know, and everybody kind of looked at me, and <clears throat> and I said, uh, "How many of you all knew my mom?" And there's people, you know, looking around. Yeah, I knew, I knew Betty. Thought the world of her. Yeah. Loved her to death. I said, "Everybody in here knows what she did. She sold pills. She wasn't no big time drug dealer or nothing. She had a few prescriptions of medicine that she sold, sold, you know, throughout to help pay the bills and stuff." Yeah. And uh, shoot, I said, I said, I feel like that. Instead of th- throwing these people under the bus, let's get them help. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's get them help. Let's mm-hmm. find some way to help them. You yeah. know, if they're needing help with finances, let's you know put their kids to work. I was very well. I worked at Dairy Queen at the time when Mom was alive. Yeah, but I would have done whatever it took. You know, yeah. my my brother James did certainly. Oh yeah, but I feel like a lot of that too was not having a man, not having a dad. It was, it and was. those that we had were horrible. Because <laughs> being a dad. It's where it's at. That's where it's at. <laughs> yep. It's what, definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, but the most joyful thing I've ever done in my life, too. Yeah, I, I hear them on uh, uh, news broadcasts and stuff bring up the statistics of like what I'd read there mm-hmm. you know, earlier. But uh, I think being a dad, it's and, I, and trust me, we are not me and Danny, neither one are saying that we're more important than a mom. Or no, because I personally don't think that I'm, uh, I'm. She is head and shoulders. My wife is above me. Oh yeah, mine is I, too. My, I suck. I mean, honestly, Fancy holds this whole house yeah. together. My Tamara is the the glue that uh, that uh, that came out of the horse's hoof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give yeah. her a hard time, but man, I don't know what I'd do without her. I don't know what I'd do without my wife. I don't know what I'd do without my kids. I'd be worthless. Yeah. Because all you I would do, be. you I'm, would be I worthless. Would be. I'm, You're worthless. I'm bad close to it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about four pounds from being worthless. <laughs> but now the, the great thing about this, man, is is now people that, uh, that are listening to the podcast that are, you know, uh, on our page on Facebook, they have the opportunity, especially the men out there, you know, to, uh, to, you know, just put a little comment of why they, you know, love being a dad. What's the, you know, they could be like, hey, man, I agree 100% with you guys about being a dad. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I yeah. found that this, this, and this has, you know, made my being a father, mm. you know, more enjoyable or something like that. <clears throat> you may have somebody be like, I really enjoy beating my kids, Danny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just beat them. Sometimes they just ask for it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they don't. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes they don't even ask for it. It's just it. a reaction. It's a reaction. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. But. But they, uh, the we definitely want you guys to uh, join, uh, get with us on Facebook and join the the page, the group. Yeah, the What's Up World stuff. podcast on Facebook. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, most people is using Spotify. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, it is the best platform to listen to podcasts on. They'll about every episode there'll be a little poll down at the bottom of the episode on Spotify or a question. Answer those questions. Uh, it helps the podcast get out there, the algorithm, yeah. as they call it. Yeah. So, alligator. The alligator. The alligator. Yeah, yeah pay attention there. to that alligator. Uh, but, yeah, answer the questions or per- participate in the polls on this podcast. Uh, podcast. Yeah. Spotify yeah. podcast. And uh, help us out that way and follow us on Facebook. But this is a good way. You know, there's probably a lot of – every man – that I know, every man that I know, the guys at work, they deal with these things. And oh, we talk yeah. about them sometimes, and we have serious conversations about what they deal with. And am I doing this right? What Am I screwing my child up? You know, you don't know right. until they're grown up and see what type of man they've become or young lady they've, they've become. Yeah, that, that's one of my fears. I, I feel like I'm a lot harder on the, <clears throat> my, my oldest boy. Yeah, because I expect more out of him because he is the oldest. I guess you. Could yeah, say. I'm there. I'm there right now with my boys. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I may be too hard on them because they're nine. They'll be ten in September. I expect certain things out of them or certain behavior. 
or I expect them to know things. And then as soon as I may get a little hateful with them about something like that, I'll instantly regret it right. and think, God, I just screwed up. Right. They're just kids. Why yeah. am I worrying about this? They'll learn it eventually, and they will. So am I just being too hard on them? You know, I worry about that every day. Yeah, me too, man. And I just that's that's one thing that I don't talk about, like yeah. the, the the stuff that I do worry about when it comes to my boys. Yeah, you know my little girls, they've got me wrapped around their fingers. So I can't even speak on girls. Obviously, oh, gosh. I got it's it's totally different. I've heard totally everybody different. say the same thing. Uh, totally different, man. I mean, I came into the boys' life when they were six and four or five and seven, something yeah. like that, and. Uh, it's just, it's totally different with little girls. Totally. I imagine so. Because you go from being, hey, listen to me to, hey, boop, boop, you know, yeah, you turn yeah. into a little girl yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. but I don't know, man. Being a dad's the greatest thing. Um, but I'm scared to death that I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. 99.9% of the time. I just, the best way that I know how to help myself from worrying myself to death is to pray about it. Yeah. And to, Watch my dad. Yeah. Still at forty-two years old, my dad just don't sweat nothing. I know. I, hope, I, I don't. I, I worry about everything, dude. Oh, I do too. I mean, I'm a emotional so medication. Me too. <laughs> I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just hope I'm doing. I've it right. had enough, Danny. I'm going from one porch to the next. We need some paying gigs. <laughs> we got no paying, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest movie ever. Listen, folks, uh, on, on a serious note, you know me. I can be serious and then be uh, me at the drop of a, a hat. But uh, we definitely want feedback from you guys, um, especially you guys. We know there's a lot of uh, a lot of women out there that listen to her podcast and stuff. But, uh, this is a great opportunity for men to to jump on the Facebook uh, group page or on Spotify, you know, answer those questions and give us feedback. Yeah. And uh, tell us, uh, tell us what you enjoy about being uh, a dad. What's the the greatest thing about being a dad to you? Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, I feel like that I've said everything that I know to say about yeah. being a dad. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, and I've still got a lot to learn. Oh, you know? I, don't know. I told You'll my children. I told my children I was living to be 92. Yeah. And then I'll moon them. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, bar butt my <laughs> yeah, boys. Yeah. And I say, you see this? You want to wipe this? Yeah, I really do. I yeah. do. I do them awful. Let them know early. Yeah. You see this right here? It's coming. Yeah. You're going to wipe this right here. <laughs> yeah. They're like, God, dad. Yeah. Man, you're gross, dude. Well, uh, the reality is that someday you will, hopefully you'll live long enough to need that. Yeah. I need you to come in here and wipe my butt, Landon. <laughs> He'd be like 49. Yeah. Oh, my God. You yeah. never did wipe my butt. Maybe that's when we'll know if we've done a good job. We're if start, we're if gonna, you say, hey, buddy, Brody, come in here. I, I, I've used the bathroom, but yeah. I need you to wipe my butt. Yeah, I need you. All right, wipe. Dad. And then as soon as that happens, I'm calling. You know, I'm going to say, uh, Danny, I think we need to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh man! Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode. A little more, a little more serious side of both of us, and we'll uh, we'll uh, hope to get you feedback from it. But we promise to be controversial in the next episode. Yeah, we promise to keep you on your toes and on the edge of your seat. Yeah, this podcast is going to have tons of different topics, and this broadcast is brought to you by Baloney. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And potted meat and vainies, because those are the, the three things that gives Beefy weird nightmares. <laughs> Have a good one, folks.